Here's the drill. I'm your history teacher from now on. We will call this class Gaming History X. We will discuss current events. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History X, the game or the the podcast, the video game podcast that takes a uh, uh, look at modern topics with a little bit of a retro flair. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me tonight is actually a man from the future, a future monkey himself, Mister Beardy McWhiskey. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> Splendid for now. But I tell you, the the future. Uh... <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a doozy up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. I've. I've, been, I've watched a couple of movies set in the sci-fi universe that have suggested as much. But you know, I try to stay positive. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just gonna say it now. Invest in lasers. <laughs> not sharks, though. Sharks not as much of a commodity. I mean, sharks are gonna be around regardless. They're. They're. You know, a lot of times are from the Jurassic period. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna fend for themselves nice <laughs> well welcome sir thank you very much for joining us uh it is great to have you on so um well, thanks for having me for sure oh yeah, yeah we've been, been like ships in the night passing in the night yeah we've been trying to set this up for a little while so i'm glad to have you on eventually i'll get everybody but um but los is harder to find than apparently this uh this pokemon that's in japan or something so uh i keep working on it and <laughs> He keeps going, gotta catch me. Um, but uh, but we'll have him eventually. But uh, and for those wondering, uh, Trees had a uh, ha- had a scheduled event that it hyperextended itself, and instead of having him try to blitz through Boston traffic and uh, potentially endanger himself and or others on the road, I said, why don't you just take it easy and take the night off because we are a laid back podcast. And uh, Jam's not going to join us because well, it's four in the morning. So I think uh, yeah, it's not going to work out for Europe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but but rest assured we will have both of those guys back shortly so um come on jam get some coffee <laughs> right <laughs> well my goal for gaming history x is to eventually have it just be rotating where at least one of us me jam or trees shows up every every time but then we just keep bringing people in and and frankly like i've, I've not really uh, I've, you know, Jam knows a little bit about this and Trees knows I've been toying with it, but I'm really thinking about just starting to bring in visitors and various other things. So, um, so yeah, uh, uh, we might have this get, get pretty crazy, but especially if you're a podcaster and looking to, uh, spread your wares, uh, talk about your, your show and get it out there. Definitely come on board, hit me up, contact at gaminghistory101.com. Enough pimping. Um, so <laughs> on that topic, uh, Beardy, I am a subscriber of your podcast, uh, a podcast you are a part of, uh, the Future Monkeys podcast, and I've I had a couple episodes show up in my feed, although um, no official episodes. I know you guys had taken like a brief hiatus. Um, is that still on? Do you have any new news on that? I'm sorry to kind of hit you off on the side with this, but I was just curious. I said in my writer, no questions about the Future Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm supposed to read that. <laughs> <laughs> we had, uh, we are still on a, a brief hiatus. You know, we each had all of our stuff going on between, you know, me, Los, and Jen. My thing was that I was working a job that was 60 plus hours a week. And it was 
probably literally killing me. So yeah. uh, when we went on the hiatus, I was in the depths of thinking, maybe I just sell all my games because I don't have time for them anyway. And my wife said, no, no, I cannot deal with that cranky, <laughs> cranky <laughs> bastard of a man. You will play video games and relax every now and again because I won't deal with that. So I went on the hunt, found a new a job because, you know, yeah, I- I'm a suave gentleman, you know, yeah. helps me get the women. Helps me get the jobs. So I got a new job lined up. I start this Wednesday and it should not be all the hectic, crazy hours. So I actually, I've been having a little bit more time for games and thus we'll have more time for podcasting. So uh, a little peek behind the curtain. uh, I'm at least going to start doing more podcasts and it'll be sort of on a, if you want to join me, let's go. Cool. Well, that's good. Yeah, because uh, I got stuff I, I, I got to talk about. Uh, hey, I hear you. And especially with uh, me, and I'm taking my hiatus soon. So um, <laughs> just in case people <laughs> haven't heard about it, uh, on the last episode, I think it was episode 14 of GHX, Full House um, was the name of it. Uh, uh, I, I announced that, uh, that yeah, we'll be taking a hiatus in September. So we'll, we'll all be off, um, mostly because of me. Uh, Jam is welcome to make up anything he wants to, and anybody else who has contributed uh, up to and including Eric, who I think is out there somewhere. Um, you are welcome to make content, and I will definitely help you post it. But I am going to be um, uh, assisting my wife, and uh, but it was also a good time for me to just uh, kind of relax and reassess and figure out, you know, I mean, when you do multiple podcasts, it can really... Uh, start to bog you down and uh, you just got to figure out, you know, the good balance. So this is my opportunity to readjust. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that'll be good. But yeah, no, your wife's very wise because my wife watched me sell everything when uh, we were in our early twenties and she thought that was really cute. And then she watched me buy it all back in my early thirties and she didn't <laughs> think that was so cute. So, um, so for, for considerably larger than I sold it for. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's probably smart. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll work to pick up a little bit of the slack in the podcast <laughs> arena. I don't know if if or when we're going to go back to full time. I, I, that's something we all want, but we're going to have to make the schedules work out. But in the interim, there will be you know at least a trickle of some podcast coming out. Well, no one wants to podcast under duress, so like I totally respect that. Like I think, yeah, I, I think people. I don't know how you people- juggle multiple. I can't do one. Oh, well, uh, you know, you just come off as extremely poor at planning and really late to everything and there's there's various other attributes and, and lazy. You do come off as super lazy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I said, I, uh, you know, I, I've talked to people about it and, and I think people who don't podcast sometimes forget that, um, uh, you don't want it to be a job. You've got one of those ideally, and you don't want another one. Um, so the, I, the whole point is you've got to be able, um, to, you know, have it be like, you know, fun, casual time. But at the same time, you are a narcissist. And if your word isn't heard, you want to make sure to get out there and let it be heard. So, you know, it's a delicate balance. It's, it's a very delicate balance. <laughs> Oh, we got the so funk true. joining us. So, all right, funk will be in the chat soon. I'm, I'm hoping. Um, but yeah. So, anyway, well, Beardy, on that topic, I know you have listened to GHX. I have heard hints as such. So, uh, I probably every episode. Be. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Um, so you kind of know the drill, but 
we do have uh, a listener mail. So I figured I'd start off with that one before we, we delve into our topics, which we might be able to be a little more laid back and stuff because, uh, well, there's only two of us. So conceivably, we could ramble on forever and the show couldn't get that long, right? It's not like, <laughs> it's not like Fred Loser on it. So we're, uh, we should be okay. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, Andrew writes in. Uh, he writes, uh, sorry, I can't stop writing it. <laughs> Cheers, man. Keep going. He says, hello to the entirety of hosts. See, he knows how to open an email. Um, <laughs> first of all, want to wish Fred's wife a proper recovery with zero complications. Thank you very much. Uh, with that over with, a couple words about Crash Bandicoot as a character. Don't you dare say he is the same thing as Sonic. Sonic was pure 90s attitude and nothing else. Crash, on the other hand, was heavily inspired by the best of Looney Tunes, the classic cartoon comedy, and the look and animations of the games, them, uh, of the games themselves were taking a page from the classics. Plus, Crash was designed by the master himself, Charles Zambilius. You don't shit on Charles Zambilius' work, my sons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's right. He's not wrong. Um... Literally, Sonic's name had attitude in every single memo I've ever seen from internal Sega from the era. So I'll give him that. Um, he had, what was it, Bill Clinton's can-do attitude, I, pe- I believe. I just don't know why. I look at him and I see Bart Simpson, not Bill Clinton, but hey. Um, then again, he started fucking humans in 2006. Anyway, okay, so... That said, the, <laughs> only, the only reason I linked Crash Bandicoot with Sonic is because the original pitch for Sonic the or for Crash Bandicoot within Naughty Dog was um, they were going to make the quote unquote Sonic's ass game, where they were like, "We can make a 3D Sonic, but the trick is you have to do it from a 3D perspective. The only way to work in a 3D perspective is you're, if you're looking at Sonic's ass the whole time, because otherwise it's not going to work." It's funny because you know Sonic Team went like a whole decade after that without trying to, without really figuring that out. Um, but yeah, that, so that's why I invoked I invoked the blue uh, the blue hedgehog. Um, you know, in relation to Crash Bandicoot, but clearly Andrew is not pleased. <laughs> don't don't say it three times, or you hear some coins jingling behind you. <laughs> Especially with uh, Blank Mania coming out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no. What is that coming out on? Um, it is coming out on the Switch, so Los will have it. Uh, it's coming out on the Switch. It's coming out on PS3, PS4, sorry, and uh, Xbox One. It is also coming out on the PC, but that got delayed two weeks, so it'll be coming out, I think, the 29th of August. Um, also, Funk Junkie jumped in the chat, gave some very unfortunate news. Sorry, man, he had some some bad stuff happen in his personal life. Uh, I don't want to go any more into that because I don't know if he wants me to, but um, but yeah, uh. We feel for you, man. Um, might have a care package coming your way, but in the meantime, uh, hang in there. And uh, I don't see him in the podcast channel, so I don't know if he's listening to the show. But uh, uh, but yeah, feel better, man. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, uh, but- so Sonic. Uh, yeah, so Sonic Mania is kind of hitting everywhere. So, <laughs> and the reviews are pretty 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 clear. If you liked Sonic two and three, buy it. I mean, that, that that's pretty much what people are saying. Okay, I'm in. And the I, Europeans, I have a Switch. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be good for the Switch. The Europeans are insane. All of them are buying that that Mega Drive Special Edition. We've also got it here, but most Americans, I don't think, are buying it. It's like 70 bucks, and it's a statue of Sonic standing on top of a Genesis or Mega Drive. 
uh, along with your <laughs> tangible copy of the game. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, the Brits think this is amazing, you know, and, 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 and everyone from that general region. 42 level one, those Scotsmen, they are eating that shit up, up. So, <laughs> meanwhile, those of us in America are waiting for Night Trap, uh, the simulated rape game. So, uh, yay, here we go. Um, I use scare quotes when I say that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a rock and a hard place there. Yeah, right. Night Trap or, or, or Sonic. Sonic? Oh man. Although Night Trap will not be on the Switch uh, for whatever reason. Screaming Villains didn't sound like they wanted to get into it, but N- uh, Nintendo has um, uh, has 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 uh, turned down their offer to license the game on the Switch. So I wonder why. Hmm. Howard Lincoln just Maybe called them up. Core values. Yeah, Howard Lincoln called them up and he goes, you better not fucking put that on the console after the shit I went through with the Senate in 93. I'll fucking, I swear to God. I don't even know if that's how Howard Lincoln sounds, but that's how I think he sounds. Anyway. Uh, but uh, anyway, next, Andrew, I'm sorry to shit in right in the middle of your email. Here we go. Uh, so the next part, he says, and to end, uh, and to end this, my own little just stop. Video game companies, comma, juggernauts like Sony and Nintendo, stop hoarding licenses. If fans of a franchise are dying for a sequel, and especially when said franchise deserves one, just get a skilled and willing developer to let them make a sequel. The reason I said that so loud at the end is it's all in caps and has an exclamation point, so I think he wants me to yell it. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the root of what this is really about. I want Sly 5. I want another Jack and Daxter, in parentheses, done by... Caring devs this time. I want another siphon filter. The only people standing in the way of those sequels and their I- are their IP holders. The bastards. That is all. <laughs> Man, ratting off demands. Yeah. <laughs> I want someone who cares. I want a helicopter on the roof <laughs> at midnight. Non-consecutive bills. Uh, and uh, I'll just... Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take all of this, uh, all of this pudding, too. Uh, no, um... So, you big fan of the Sly series, Beardy? Put you uh, on the spot. This is the Sly Cooper series, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, no, uh, I I never <laughs> well, played any of them. Oh, okay. Well, you've not played them. That's better it's than not being a fan. <laughs> yeah, it just totally escaped me. I never had it for any any platform whatsoever. It looked interesting, but it, isn't there a fair amount of stealth in there? Uh. Not really. In fact, uh, have you ever okay. played the original Infamous? Yes. That is Sucker Punch, the de- the developer of the first three games. That's their game they did as a follow-up to Sly. So imagine a really gorgeously yes. animated version of kind of the core values of Infamous with more melee combat rather than... Yeah, I guess now that you say that, there's probably a little bit of stealth. Andrew's ready to reach through and choke me. Um, I've only played <laughs> Sly 1 and 2. I haven't gotten around to 3 or 4, although I do own them. Um, but it was always more of just like, kind of like, think of like platforming and scaling, like for the fun of it, like the, the whole concept of navigating a 3d environment, not to sneak around people and not to fight with people. Although those portion, there are portions of that in there, but more for just, just the fun of it all. Like Sly is extremely sticky. If you get kind of close to an item you're trying to get to, he'll, he'll go there. He'll, he'll see you through to the other 10%. Like he'll, he'll make it happen. 
Um, and there's something very satisfying about it. I also have to say, those games are drop-dead gorgeous. They were gorgeous on the PS2. I think they're better on the PS3, although Andrew actually is not a big fan of HD remasters um, because of some of the glitches they, they put in there um, and, and mm. some of the problems they present. I don't know his take on the Sly Collection, but um, I thoroughly enjoyed the first two games and, and hope to go back and, and play three and four. So um, I also have well, a 3 TV. So. I I might have the Sly Collection for PS3. Now that you mention it, <laughs> right? I believe I bought it when it was like super cheap. And but I just packed up all my 360 and PS3 games, and they are in the garage in a in a big tub. So I'm never gonna see them again. Like that. That's where <laughs> the stuff goes to die. It's like just one step closer to the curb or to like GameStop to sell them. Oh, no, I get it. Uh, here's one reason you may go dig it up if you've got your PS3 still attached is um, uh, it, Sly 3 is in 3D, like true 3D. And you have oh, a really? 3D TV and are kind of a fan of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah just saying. Just saying. Yeah, um, and it, it's a, uh, you know, I don't want to call you out on your own show. It, it is a 3D projector, which is 100 inches. Mm. so that's a lot of sly <laughs> yes yes that's sly coming at you i i get nervous around 100 inches of anything um so yeah <laughs> <laughs> starting to sweat a little but uh yeah yeah um that's that's Give pretty me baller. The vapors. <laughs> uh jack and daxter i don't know if you've played those um andrew's giving me tons of shit i've never touched a jack and daxter game even though i own them all um, so I, I promise I'm doing a new thing. I didn't play the PS2. I wasn't really into video gaming during the PS2 era. So, um, and I didn't own a PS2. I owned a GameCube and an Xbox. I was that person. Um, so I want to mm. go back and play all the exclusives for PS2 and I'm starting to do that. And over the course of the next year, I plan to like knock out a big chunk of those games. So my brother-in-law was a gigantic fan of Jack and Dexter. Gotcha. Dexter. Yeah. Jack, Jack and Dexter, Jack and Daxter. Daxter. D-A-X. No, Dax, yeah, Dax. Daxter. Like Dax Shepard. That's a weird yeah. name. Yeah, well, yeah. he's he's a weird marsupial of some kind, so that's fair. Um you know, they that's that's naughty dog keeping it real, you know. Um Yeah, it just sounds like you're getting the Chicago out like yeah. Oh, Jack and Daxter. Yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah, Jack and Daxter. You can meet him over on <laughs> Halstead. They're still pimping over there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I hope to check that out. Um, and then Siphon Filter. I haven't played any of the recent ones, but I fucking love the original. Uh, the first two games on PS1. Loved those. Those were crazy. So, but uh, anyway. Yeah, worth checking out. Yeah, so thank you, Andrew. Thank you for writing in. If you'd like to write in like Andrew, uh, just contact GamingHistory101.com or go to GamingHistory101.com, hit the little contact link, and then you can write to us and you can like fudge your email because some people have an issue giving an email address and you can just write all kinds of shit and then maybe I'll read it on the show. Uh, most of the time I do. But one time there was uh, somebody who wrote in, fuck your couch, and I didn't read that on the show. <laughs> Although I guess technically I just did read it on the show. So 100% yeah. read rate on uh, Gaming History X. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? There's a good chance that someone who knows me would write me that email, so I don't know <laughs> whether or not that was intentional. <laughs> I hope it was. I do too. I really do. So Actually, a little bit, I hope it's not. <laughs> if some complete stranger just knew what my uh, 
what what my trigger was. They just go to <laughs> random websites and like fuck your couch, fuck your couch, <laughs> fuck your couch. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Oh, they got a comment link. Um, so, but uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so thank you very much, Andrew, for writing in. Uh, all right. Now we come to the part of the show that makes trees nervous. Uh, Beardy, I don't know how it makes you feel, but uh, basically this is, yeah, this is our topics. This is where you bring a topic to the table. We have 10 minutes to talk about, and after 10 minutes you hear the lovely chimes of... And then it's at that point where you either get to extend or bury your topic. Um and we have a pretty pretty much 50% extend to bury rate at this point. Uh, somebody was keeping track for me, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, but then, then they looked at me and said, isn't this your job? And I said, okay, okay, go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so. Uh, so Beardy, I think we're going to start it off with you, sir. Uh, what, what topic would you like to bring to the table today? I have an interesting topic that I have to bring today. I was sent an article entitled video games may affect the brain differently depending on what you play. Kind of a clunky title, but (laughs) probably written by someone in science. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. See written by a, a Courtney Columbus. And in the article, it details that, uh, people who played action video games, like your first-person shooters, experience shrinkage in the brain uh, in the region known as the hippocampus. Now, what the hippocampus controls or determines is uh, spatial navigation, stress regulation, and memory. And what was also found is that playing Super Mario games and other puzzle platformers had the opposite effect causing it to grow so Hmm. kind of interesting so it's not just all video games make you dumb it's this region of the brain is specifically affected by video games so now what they did in order to kind of do the research on this is they got 33 participants uh they asked them how often they played video games in the prior year and they scanned their brains with an mri and they saw that people who played action video games uh, on an average of 19 hours a week had less of the gray matter in the hippocampus. So then they asked, I think it was how many? I'm looking at have the article up here. Uh, they oh, asked 43 uh, control. Yeah, the re- they asked 43 people who didn't usually play video games to spend 90 hours over 10 weeks to either uh, play action video games or Super Mario games. So it specifies it was Super Mario games. And what they found is those who didn't play, when they played the action games, the hippocampus shrunk. And when they played Super Mario, it grew, which is really kind of interesting. And so I I think part of what the conclusion they came to was that in action video games, there's an on you normally an on-screen GPS overlaid the screen. A HUD, uh, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, you have the HUD and you're kind of reacting. But I think something they missed is that you are just reacting in that instance. You know, if you're playing a first-person shooter, while there's strategy involved, it's mostly, oh shit, the guy's over there, shoot him, no! <laughs> and so it's like yeah. that kind of quick twitch, gonna get over there and I'm going to shoot them quickly where in Super Mario, it's like, okay, 
even on the like the moving platform levels, it's you have to remember a pattern. Okay, I have to jump over that, and then I have to scale that wall, and then I have to shimmy down, and then I have to do this, then that, and it's more just flexing a different part of the brain. Right, because I was going to say at first glance, I would have guessed Mario and uh, and. First of all, action games is a terrible thing, but let's just say for the sake of argument right now, yeah. we're talking like first or third person shooter. Just just to I give an example. Yeah. Um, and to be clear, I, I don't know if you know Courtney Columbus. I know her because of my job. Um, she actually oh. is a um, uh, she is a medical writer. So actually, I've read her articles for uh, pathology use and things like that. So uh, she is not a video game writer. Uh, she happened to... Uh, <laughs> come across this, which is fine. She often has to write about topics that bleed into other areas that she is not an expert on. What she is an expert on is writing about the medical journals and things like that. Um, so that being said, uh, th- she's probably just basing the information she was given based off of the research she read. Um, but with that in mind, uh, yeah, I would have guessed, you know, the, the, if you're, you know, most people play Mario, or at least I do, especially the old Mario games, you just run to the right and react to what comes your way. And in that same regard, that seems very similar to what you would do in a shooter where you just kind of run around and react to what you see. Um, although apparently there's a way to play shooters where you like sit and you plan and you read HUDs <laughs> and you strategize. Sometimes you even get along with other people. I know not of this tactic. <laughs> I think what's really interesting too was, you know, specifically what the hippocampus controls being spatial navigation, stress regulation, and memory how many videos have you seen of some 15 year old kid and granted part of it could be hormones or mostly hormones where they're playing call of duty and they just freak this shit out we're like god damn it no he shot me again and they're just screeching and i wonder if part of that is a very teensy weensy hippocampus and a dash of hormones just making that person an atom bomb yeah, I mean it's it's in, entirely possible. Um, the only reason I go kind of back and forth on that is while I've watched those videos and I'm like, huh, I've never reacted that way for a first person shooter. Oh man, playing some Mario games. There are times where I remember Julie came downstairs one time when we were when we were just dating. We weren't even like anything, and she just heard me like, "Oh, I see you there, you fuck, you fuck." <laughs> And she walks up and I'm just, this is in the CRT days too. I'm just standing there, just, just pointing at a Sprite. Just, I got your number. I got your number. And she's like, what are you yelling at? I was like, oh, this fucking guy right here. And she goes, oh, it's a video game. Okay, bye. Uh, Whatever. Figure it out. I'm going upstairs. Yeah. I had a buddy uh, that I used to work with who played a ton of different video games he said the one video game where he actually just cracked a controller because he was gripping it so hard, mm-hmm. Banjo-Kazooie. Everybody's got their one. <laughs> the very last, the, the first one. Okay, yes. At the, ver- the the last stage with the last boss. Oh, I've never just... gotten that far. I'm almost there on Banjo, but it's taken me like five years to beat Banjo-Kazooie. That game is, <sighs> you know, I get why people like it, but I didn't play it growing up, and that game's something else. <laughs> See, now I had a little bit of both because I played it when it first came out and then I never beat it because I was a kid. There was no strategy guys or I had to pay for one and no, no freaking way. Mm-hmm. And then I, 
actually in obedient when it came on on Xbox 360, and that last boss fight, you're like, oh, thank God it's done. And then the second half starts like, no. Oh, multi-phase bosses. Okay, yeah, okay. Now I know what to plan for. Uh, Yeah, because I've only played the 360 version despite at one point in time owning the N64 version. I could always get it back. It's not that expensive. But uh, my game was actually a game a lot of people didn't like and I love, which was a game called Prototype on the Xbox 360. Yes. Remember this game? It it came out and was compared to you talking about that. Yeah, I got that game for review, and when you're in review, especially pre-release in print, which was the situation I was in, you can't not beat it. Well, you can. Actually, I'll be honest with you, the newspaper doesn't give a fuck if you beat it or not. You just need to make the the review happen. <laughs> but like, I was, a, I was like three days out, and I had to write it, and you have to turn into your editor, like usually 48 hours or less in advance to be looked at and uh i could not get past this thing and the game's not out yet and it, there's a there's a mission there's 45 i think story missions in that game and this is mission like 42 or something and they just put a lot of impossible creatures at you and there's a trick to beating that thing there's like a little gimmick and so you watch people who know the gimmick and they can beat that mission every time but i didn't so i did the beat the shit out of everything that, that that's thrown at you and they throw an exorbitant amount of enemies at you and if you can withstand all that you're good and i just couldn't beat it and i did three straight hours of trying this mission and i couldn't beat it and i spiked my 360 controller on the on the the ground and it was uh ground floor apartment with concrete floors and yeah that thing shattered uh, <laughs> and it was my special resident now, evil 5 red 360 controller too i still ooh. have it i still have it but yeah um but yeah now if i remember my fred rojas <laughs> trivia correctly that yeah. was during the video game purist days and uh-huh. is either that mission or a different mission which you only beat it after butting your head against the wall uh, for so long you came back to it drunk yes it was either <laughs> yes this was that mission because i think it. i went out i think because Ju- <laughs> julie's method when i was in my 20s to dealing with stuff mostly because she liked to drink also but we lived walking distance from a bar and it was a really good bar you know when you live next to a really fucking good bar and like you get to this point where like especially in your early 20s like everyone knows you and we're all waiters and bartenders at the time in college so like everybody knew us and so julie's thing with that was when i got really mad at a game she goes okay Let's go chill out. Uh, you know, we're going to go up to the bar, get you some of those nachos you really like, get you a couple beers, you'll be good. You know, and then I came back to it and beat it first try. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, so yeah. That was one of the first times where I dropped to my knees. <laughs> I dropped to my knees in praise. Yeah. yeah. It was fantastic. So... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, so, so yeah, that's one of those ones, but yeah, like I totally get it. Um, it's surprising to learn. So there's the fact that I play like Mario games with first person shooters at an even clip. The reason why my hippocampus has kind of remained stagnant. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a perfect, you know, just even keel, but something else that was interesting too, mm-hmm. that, you know, make make for an interesting oh. conversation uh real quick you want to extend this i kind of feel like we might want to extend this only for uh, just a little bit okay well you extend it for for up to five minutes but we can drown it anytime you want to yeah so. the, the one last thing i think might lead to a little decent discussion it says in the article and for the one in ten americans who consider themselves gamers mm-hmm. one in ten that's, that, that's pretty higher impressive. than i thought it would be yeah yeah, because like my wife still plays 
uh, and spends money on free to play games and she doesn't consider herself a gamer. And I'm like, what are you, are you kidding me? Um, yeah. Right. And that's even self identifying who consider themselves gamers. Mm hmm. Even people who play that's games, I'm like, impressive. oh, you know, I play games every now and again, but I'm not a gamer. Right. That's pretty, pretty that's interesting. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, um, but yeah, I I do like articles like this, especially when we don't know the effects of video games. Um, and I think because we don't, I feel like we don't sometimes understand video games. So that's why we go so crazy on talking about them and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it's just, it's refreshing to see too an article that's not just, if you play first person shooters, you're going to kill someone. You know, it actually mm-hmm. takes an intelligent look using medical technology to take a look at the impact on the brain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious. You know, and I, I feel like part of it is what video games do because I try to explain to people, and you know, we've always had this discussion, but the, the whole concept that it's an interactive medium. Like, people don't understand, you know, other than gamers what it's like to come home and say, I'm too tired to play X. So I ended up watching an episode of game of Thrones or something. (laughs) And people who don't play video games are like, well, what do you mean? Or like my wife, like I'll be in bed and I'll be ready to fall asleep. In fact, I might even nod off a little bit and she'll catch me. And then she'll wake me up and she'll go, Hey, you wanted to play video games tonight. Get up and go play video games. And I'm like, fuck no, that's not going to happen. Like it's too late. You know, that, that threshold has What's passed. Funny, because that's exactly what it is. Like, her waking you up is it's the same thing as saying, I'm too tired to talk. Like, I, <laughs> yes. I don't want to talk to you anymore if you fall asleep talking. That's what that is. It's, yes. it's interaction. Like, I'm too tired to interact. You can talk to me, but I might not stay awake. Might watch some someone else play games on Twitch. But I'm not going to play him. <laughs> right, exactly. And I have. Because uh, actually a new thing I've started doing is, you know, I have that Plex server. Uh, or maybe you don't know that. But I have a Plex server. And w- now that I've ripped our whole collection, uh, I've now started going outside of that realm. And, you know, there's a lot of great video game documentaries on YouTube. So I've started grabbing video game documentaries. So some nights, you know, when I'm just too tired to play games, she's like, what are you watching? And I'm like, oh, there's a new Night Trap documentary. I'm watching that. She goes, oh, okay. <laughs> so They're there, Fred. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so... Um, but that's that's very cool, and I, I'm curious to see how uh, you know people kind of look at video games. Again, it's still the only medium that really strongly is interactive, right? Like books, movies, they're all passive, and 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 video games are interactive. If you can't stomach the horror video game, you cannot play the horror video game. It's just a fact of life. Um, one would argue it yeah, might like, even be easier to go well, through a haunted house. So. What was it? The N64 game, uh, Shadow of the Empire. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not good with underwater levels. And so I got that far where there's a part where you have to go into the murky green water. Yep. And, and there's something the down there. Yeah. Put the controller down, walk away. Never finished it. I'm like, <laughs> mm, I can't, I can't take it. Nope. 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 Wow. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I've fought that Dianoga too. Actually, I'm going to be going back to it. Uh, Beauty, they recently re-released uh like recently within the last three years shadows of the empire completely cleaned up on pc 
and it's got controller yes. support and everything. And I bought it on GOG. It's like five bucks, and I need to go play through it. Um, but uh, I think I did too, actually. <laughs> that game is really hard, actually. Like people talk about Nintendo hard. What about shitty graphics in a 3D environment from '96 uh-huh. hard? Like that's even worse. <laughs> so. The weird like moon gravity jumping and shooting, <laughs> yes. and the scraping where like the legs are sideways but the uh-huh. torso straight ahead. The legs are dangling dead. Yeah, it's like it's it's not Halo. Honey. Whoa. Shit. <laughs> Let it go. So, so full disclosure, I usually restart the drowning thing, but this week, without telling anybody, I decided to just have it pause and then just restart. And I've got this fucked up timer app, which, oddly enough, I'm, I keep telling people, if you want this for your show, I can tell you where you can find it. And no one's asked me for it, but... Um, yeah, you just set a timer and it just does a keyboard command. So I have it set to restart or replay. So anyway, sorry about that. No, it's fine. We can let it drown. <clears throat> All right. Uh, moving on to mine, um, which I kind of was bouncing back and forth with you. Um, it hasn't changed, but uh, but it's going to slightly be adapted. Let me look back at what I said specifically to you. Do, do, do. There we go. Um, uh, retro culture being exploited in pop culture. I'm going to take that a little bit of a step further and say um, uh, more of my topic is video game culture being exploited in pop culture. Um, but to be a little more specific, I don't mind stuff that we kind of go for, right? So like, I'm not, I'm not taking issue with ThinkGeek as a whole. As, a, as an entire conglomeration mm-hmm. of things. I'm not taking issue with that area of Target in the electronic section that's all video game centric. I'm taking issue with a very set group and industry of people. Um, but before I do that, I wanted to say where this kind of all prompted from. My grandfather came up to me. He was drunk at a, at a barbecue, but then again, he is frequently drunk at a barbecue. And <laughs> he comes up to me. He is smitten with the Big Bang Theory. Okay, and I'm not one of those people who watches oh, Big God. Bang Theory, but I also don't take issue with it. I watched the first four seasons and was thoroughly amused. I just have lost track of it, and Julie and I don't really have the effort to deal with nerds outside of me. So, like, you know, we're just kind of cool, like, just letting it be. But, like, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, the, you know, I don't, I don't treat it like, you know, the way that, like, minorities are treated in this country or something where I'm like, oh. The Big Bang Theory is what's wrong with video game love. Um, <laughs> but that being said, my grandfather comes up to me and he's like, yeah, you, you know, it's kind of like when Sheldon did this thing with Raj in the latest Big Bang Theory. You watch Big Bang Theory, right? And he kind of taps me on the shoulder. And I was like, no, I don't. But but I, I, I used to watch it. It's really funny. And he goes, wait, you don't watch Big Bang Theory? I would think a person like you would really like the big bang theory because i feel you would uh connect with it (laughs) you know and suddenly like a like uh, you know like a grade school kid realizing that asking the black kid if he's seen roots was not a smart idea um you know, I feel like my grandfather kind of was like, oh, well, maybe he doesn't watch this, you know. And and so he'll frequently call me at home during episodes of The Big Bang Theory. And he goes, hey, Sheldon just <laughs> did this. Is this something you would do? And I said, uh, no, most people don't sit on their staircase and play a Nintendo 64 emulator when locked out of their apartment. But Sheldon would do that. Um, I'll give you that. Um, 
So yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. It's a obviously a much, 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 much add like 50 more muches <laughs> and then a smaller version of just like your cultural appropriation. I see the Pepsi Kylie Jenner ad during the oh. Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. movement. It, it's a, it's that it's taking something that like, oh, this is popular. I'm trying to get these people to make money off of them. Let me insert something that I think that they'll identify with to make money. But on a base level, that's what advertising is, is who's your target audience? Who am I selling this to? But when it goes shit sideways, man, does it go shit sideways? (laughs) There's public apologies. There's lost money. There's podiums. Anytime a podium is involved in an apology, <laughs> yeah, it's not going your way that day. Hang it up. Just go back to bed. <laughs> and it's true. Like, uh, I was listening to Waypoint Radio, and I was, uh, you know, I th- that's the hipster podcast. And, like, I sometimes agree with them. I sometimes don't. But I think they make good arguments either way. And they were talking about recently uh, on Friday's show about uh, the fact that um, a lot of times we criticize video games um and we're really wanting to criticize the marketers but we like lump everyone together and battlefield one was specifically brought up and i'm like you know what yeah like for once in a blue moon can everyone just uh just you know like acknowledge that you know maybe the developers of battlefield one weren't shitty it was just all the people marketing it that were um you know and 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 oh sorry were you gonna say something Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Deer in headlights. No, uh, I was just going to say, it, it all depends on whether or not it's a send up and it's an acknowledgement or if it's exploitative. If it's exploitative, mm-hmm. then it feels dirty. And that line is really hard to draw and hard to see. It's kind of, who, who was it? This Supreme Court justice said, it's like porn. You know it when you see it. <laughs> and you know what when you feel it if you're being exploited. Yeah. It's like, hey nerds, you like you like video games, right, nerds? Go fetch. Now bring daddy some money. <laughs> yes, yes. And the only problem I take is when it overlaps. So let me tell tell you what I'm talking about. Uh, Beardy, there was this product that came out. I, you probably didn't show any interest in it, but it was called the NES Classic Edition. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was a future monkeys pull. Uh, but. Uh, but and and right that's where it clashes right because everyone and their brother kind of wanted this thing especially if it was on store shelves which we know didn't happen but uh the problem with that is that's when retro is kind of done right but it also has mass appeal and then it's handled poorly and that's when all the shit stains come out of the woodwork right that's when all of the like go on ebay right now and put in nes classic edition um in fact i'm going to do this right now as a little scientist scientific experiment um here we go. And, oh, would you look at that? 1,300 results of people selling the NES Classic Edition for about 200 bucks. <laughs> you know what, Beardy? I bet you already know this, but you know what? You know how many hits I usually get over since that thing came out? About thirteen to 1,500 hits, which means there's always some ass clown, even now, sitting in the back 
background just waiting for their opportunity to exploit this stuff and it's it's terrible in this case because it's a hybrid right it's every doofy shit monger who's got some money who doesn't want to go hunt these down in conjunction with all the retro people who want to who want to hit this up you know like it's a weird hybrid um yeah it's it's the perfect storm for everyone being pissed off yes yes and i normally don't care but here's here's where i i i don't even know if i take issue with it but here's where i start to like roll my eyes um is two is two regards from what i'm talking about the first one is and i'm sure you've dealt with this how many people at work tapped you on the shoulder and be like huh have you heard of this NES Classic Edition? If you haven't, I think it might be something you're interested in. <laughs> Thanks. Like, yeah. Couple, I'm glad you were here. Yeah, I'm glad you were here to help me out with that. And, oh, you don't have that? Yeah, I thought you would have been one of the ones who would have gotten that. Yeah, well, it wasn't exactly, like, open <laughs> yeah. for anyone to just walk up and grab it. <laughs> it's like walking up to a fat guy. Did you hear about the new Oreos? <laughs> They got cookies in the cookie. Holy shit. Come on, Tubbs. Get a, get a jogging. Oh, wait. No, you have that condition. Or it's like, it's like my, my brother-in-law, like, uh, like he has a special connection with, um, with deals at fast food restaurants. I'm not stupid enough to ask him <laughs> if he knows of like this bundle or this deal because I know that answer. And again, he doesn't even eat fast food like all the time. Um, but he does probably eat it more frequently than others. But if there's a good deal out there, he's not going to let it go. Um, and so it would be foolish of me to bring it up to him. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And so there's that when, when like it overlaps and people are asking you about it as if like, you don't, as if you don't know. Um, and also the exploitation. Uh, but, uh, but then it gets worse when there is stuff that like retro video gamers, like, are a little bit smarter than others. So the NES Classic Edition, the reason we all wanted it as retro gamers was because we looked it over, we looked under the hood, and we couldn't find the flaw or the defect. Oh, this looked like it was built pretty solidly. Okay, now we want it, right? As opposed to that Sega Genesis Mm -hmm. Classic Edition that's coming out that's built like shit at games has made shitty retro consoles that at least most retro gamers have bought at least one in their past. And, or they know it from the, uh, uh, the Atari flashbacks. The first three were great. And then the, the other ones were pretty shitty too. And we just know to avoid it. But you know what's going to happen is pop culture is going to grab it. They're going to see it in the store shelves this holiday season. They're going to grab it. And that's fine. Whatever. They're, they're regular consumers. They're, you know, they're plebs. Let them have it. But then they're going to come to me. And suddenly I'm going to have to pay for the fact that the, the Sega Classic Edition sucks. Right? Because... <laughs> <laughs> Because now it's me, right? Like, I'm the one who designed the fucking thing and, and put it out there. I never talked to them about it. I never suggested it. And they never asked my opinion. In fact, I might have even told some of them not to buy it. But they're going to come back and, <laughs> and they're going to take a shit on my lawn over it. Because that thing's going to suck. And people are going to buy it. And they're going to be pissed off. I guarantee you that. Um, and uh, he, It happens all the time. Like Even yeah. like in movies. I just watched uh, the movie Naked on okay. Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's got Marlon Wayne's in it. It's basically, it's like Groundhog Day, except it's one hour, and every hour he's trying to get to his wedding, and he wakes up naked in an elevator. Uh-huh. Funny movie, okay. yeah. But it starts. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. it, it oh, be- if you don't mind, I, I have a, I have one other topic, or I have one other point I want to yeah. get to, so I'm going to extend this one. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So, <laughs> but in the very beginning of the movie, 
he's wearing this kind of like uh kind of like a, a, a hooded jacket and then a t-shirt he has is an atari t-shirt he plays the the cool teacher who doesn't quite have his life together and what other way to show that than having an atari t-shirt mm, no <laughs> so that's not I, good. I, that that's where they're going with that they're trying to identify like oh he's kind of a slacker doesn't have stuff together he likes video games more than anything else mm. so like when it's stuff like that, like, oh, come on. Wait, you couldn't just have him wearing a normal t-shirt. It has to have the Atari to say like the, you know, the unspoken connotation, like, ah, gamers, they, they don't have their shit together. Oh, they're lazy. They're not socially adept. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely something that bleeds in there. And, and again, my grandfather loves me. He has always been nothing but a kind gentleman to me, but <laughs> I do feel like deep down inside, he's like that fucking boy is like, you know, <laughs> He's going to be caught masturbating into a pie someday. I know it. Yep. Likes the video games just a little too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And and if he knew what I really watched, he probably wouldn't change his opinion. Um, But... but <laughs> yeah, like like you do run into that, um, and I, I I guess I just say here's where it it definitely came to a head for me, and where this whole topic came from. Uh, I was gonna write an article about it, but then I thought it was better to just discuss it on the show, and it I didn't have to write an article then. Um, <laughs> but uh, was Night Trap? So Night Trap uh, limited run games. Are you familiar with them at all? Mm-mm. Okay, limitedrungames.com, easy to find. Anyway, what they do is they are for the old people. Uh, they take games that are only traditionally, typically uh, digitally available, and they release tangible copies of them for people who just want okay. a box on the shelf. Um, yeah. And they usually do something cool, like a little special edition. They definitely work with the developers, and they're very limited. They, When their games release, it's usually on a Friday morning, it releases, and within two minutes, is fucking sold out. Like, when you are at a limited games uh, buy, you are logged into PayPal, you are logged into limited run games, you've added your address, you've added all your shit, <laughs> and you are just refreshing the page like it's going out of style. And then you just go, oh, 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 okay, okay, I got it. You know, and... Um, and that's just the way it is. And then some people sell those. Well, Night Trap in particular was, you know, it, it's really bleeding on nostalgia. I, you know, I, I still stand by this. Night Trap's a, a game I I love, but I'm not stupid enough to tell people it's like a fantastic game. Um, <laughs> and I can't wait for it to come out. But it is digitally available for 15 bucks. And limited run games, I mean, it costs money to manufacture stuff. So, uh, and they have to get licensing for like PlayStation and Xbox to like, you know, have it work on there and stuff like that. Um so like, for example, the Night Trap disc is 30 bucks for the PS4 and it was 35 for the PC one in a big box. And then there was a limited edition for 55. Well, so it sold out real quick and I grabbed my copy and I was all happy in this and that. And then I jump on eBay and there are literally hundreds of people selling stuff. There was one guy selling shit that wasn't sold out yet. And he was trying to get like three times the price for it. And God. I, there's also a, a, a mom and pop shop in town that I love or I used to love, I, I kind of scrutinize them now. Um, and they always had like really cool stuff and good prices. And they have like the entire run of limited run games. They buy everything and sell it off for ridiculous prices. And that's where I'm like, man, like this is a small print run for a company that's just trying to do good. And you're fucking it up. <laughs> you're just fucking it up. And I don't even think you can stop it, but there's a part of me that goes, Hey guys, like sometimes night trap just needs to be a $15 downloadable. Sometimes that's all this Night Trap wondering. needs to be. 
what is the solution? Uh, there isn't one. If you here's my, my always my solution is, you know, there isn't really a solution. It's just tolerance. And so I guess to a certain extent, you can dwindle my whole topic down to intolerance. Um, but uh, uh, but the one thing I will say is try not to give in to like a hype that doesn't even exist. Like uh, when you can go buy a boxed copy of the original Sega CD version of Night Trap, which Night Trap's a weird exception because it's the only game that Limited Run Games has done, as far as I know, where there's been a tangible copy before. Um, just because of its original release. But when you can buy the Sega CD version for 60 bucks and the limited edition on PlayStation 4 is 150, think about it. You know? Yeah, that's what I was wondering if raising the oh, price. Shit. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we'll wrap it up and then we'll let it drown. Anyway, you were saying raising the price? If raising the price slightly may curb some of that secondhand market and exploiting. Uh, people's wallets if you have you know so say the, the nes classic came out at 125 dollars instead mm-hmm. of 60 would that potentially curb and it's so I, that way i feel like i feel like retro away. gamers who are fickle broads anyway i'm one of them um we'll just go <laughs> mm, no at that point i could buy an nes and probably fucking hard mod it for rgb and like hook it to my frame meister and you know at that point what's the fucking point man like and so i don't know um sorry to personify retro gamers like that but uh <laughs> But there is a part of me that says, no, that's not really the solution. And I, to be, to give credit to limited run games, I think that 30 bucks for a box copy is a little overpriced in my head, but I have no idea the kind of undertaking it would be to manufacture 5,000 copies and get Sony to license you to be able to print the Blu-ray discs that would play in a PS4 and all that stuff. And then you got to work with the developer and limited run games has gone on record saying they pay the developer uh, for their cut of it so they get their cut and so when you factor all that together 30 bucks actually doesn't sound that crazy mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it it actually makes a lot of sense and especially because it's limited it is each one is numbered like i've only bought three games from limited run games and they've all been numbered um so and they do good stuff like the pc version of night trap playstation sony's been a little tough about getting them codes they have to like pay for them so they don't really offer that with the limited run games but Steam doesn't. And so they've been really great about like every game I've bought from Lunar Run Games on PC, I get a Steam code also. So I've got the digital Steam code just in case anything happens to that disc. And the disc has no DRM on it. So you can put it in any PC and it'll play. Like it, they've done a really good job of doing their due diligence. And I think they really match that whole price versus what you're getting convergence. Um, I think if they did any more, it would actually have more resellers buying it and less um, collectors. And that's where I think it's bad. And I just don't see how limited run games can do anything. They limit your amount you can buy on the night trap stuff. There was a limit of one on the limited editions and two on the regular editions. So I think that's them doing their due diligence to curb it, but you can't stop it completely. Like I don't see how you do it. Like, yeah, man, the more I look at, like I just pulled up their site. Yeah. Clever clever bastards here because really you know making it limited limited quantities they're guaranteeing they are going to sell through all of their stock every single time right and they can get the numbers right to where it makes sense for them broker the deals with developers i mean it's a lot of legwork for them to you know press the disc you know 
get all the copies together and you know make all those deals but once they make it's the deal, all the downside all... of uh, uh of pa- or patreon and kickstarter i'm told it's like all the bad side of it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but it's good for them that they found a clever little niche well and i think they're really winning because they do the stuff that um you know they they do the stuff that you know, uh, other companies have tried to do and they failed at it because they make too many, you know, and limited run games has hit Hmm. that, that happy medium where 5,000 is a a decent enough quantity that if you're really waiting there, like I said, you'll be one of the 5,000 in the first minute. Right. And I know it's a nuisance and people will say, SI one has given me stories. He's in the chat. He's given me stories of when he didn't quite get it, but at the same time, like that's kind of the best you can do. And you know, you're going to sell through it and you're going to get it, you know? And, and so I think it, it works yeah. out. And with stuff like like Night Trap, like everyone's got their own thing. Like people like that there's the new retro art on the Night Trap PS4 copy that you can put on there. Whereas I bought the big box PC edition because I've got this big shelf space by my wireless keyboard on my PC mm-hmm. on, the, on the shelf where I've got an open spot for it. And I'd love to prominently present Night Trap, you know, and like because it's a game I love. Um, but at the same time, I, I can't lie. If I hadn't gotten the Night Trap game, like I would have just been like, okay, you know, like at the same time, if I don't get the tangible, yeah. I'm definitely not going to pay what it's fetching online or, or supposedly fetching. So I think this is this is the best compromise you can find, in my opinion, uh, at this point. So, and Cy One says, "Don't get me started on the limited run Wonder Boy fiasco." Cy <laughs> One, for what it's worth, I will throw one thing out for Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap. It's called PlayAsia.com, and they did release in Asia a boxed copy of The Dragon's Trap on PS4. So I'm going to even get him the link and throw it into the chat so those of you who are on the Discord can go in the chat and see it themselves. But uh, anyway, um, so yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll let it die here. Let me let, me let it uh, fall into obscurity. Here we go. <laughs> I love how it dies so aggressively now. <laughs> but yeah, so. Anyway, uh, all right. There you go, sir. And Psy1 puts up bloody scalpers. Let's see what he's got. Holy shit. The limited run games is going for 160 Australian in Australia. Uh, yeah, 160 Australian, which is a lot less in America, but still. And the collector's edition, 508. For the record, that was 55 bucks American. <laughs> Okay. That's crazy. But Wow. Uh, oh, okay. And Cy1 did get the play the Play Asia version. So yeah, if you missed out on the Dragon Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap and you really want a tangible copy, that one was big in countries that aren't ours, Beardy. Um, <laughs> uh, I have it on the Switch. There you go. I do too. Um, but if you want a tangible copy on PS4, go to PlayAsia.com. No, we are not endorsed by them anyway. It's just the only place I fucking know where you can get it. Um, but it's 25 <laughs> bucks for the Asian version, which uh, if you don't know, Asian versions always have both the Japanese language and subtitles and the English language and subtitles. Um, in this case, it's way through the roof. It's um, it's all text. So it's Chinese, simplified Chinese, English, Japanese, and Korean, all in the Asian version. But yeah, so you can get that version. Um, but he's right. It doesn't have the little LRG logo and stuff like that. So limited run games won't help you out for that one. But anyway, so yeah. Get a, get a nice printer. 
There you go. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've mostly gone digital, so I'm the wrong person to ask. Uh, I, I'm going that way more and more. I used to think that was crazy. I wanted a physical copy, and now it's like, ah. But then you gotta find it. I mean, I have two custom-built bookshelves that I made on each side of my fireplace where mm-hmm. the TV is above it. And everything's nice and organized, but going in there, it's like, ah, oh, I gotta go up there. It sounds so lazy. It's like, <laughs> oh, I gotta get up. <laughs> I gotta oh my God. press a button. <laughs> it, it's so true. Especially, like, I found with, I've been playing a lot more on the Switch. Mm-hmm. I just want digital. I just give the digital. It's fine, especially for like quick hit games like Splatoon and Mario Kart. I'm not going to get up, switch it out just to switch it back two minutes later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're figuring out what PC gamers have known for a while now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> not to not to put too fine a point on it. But uh, but do, I mean, you know what? I'm I'm sorry to extend this a little longer, but you know what I'm talking about with when I say like big box um, for PC games. Big box. Yeah, here I'll show you. A, I'll show you an example. Here we go. Boom. Show me a big box. Okay, so do you see here on the left? Oh, got it. Got it. That's okay. the Night Trap big box, and on the right is the PS4 version and like the reversible cover. So yeah, I like that that reversible cover is there. But see, I have the Sega CD version with that original box, and they couldn't get that secure that art, so they had to have someone redraw it, and they did really good. It's almost identical. Um, but what I like about the big box is, like you said, I've got a mantle place that's kind of like where a fireplace would be, but we didn't install a fireplace on the house. And so it goes up there and it's like a big box showing. And like that's what I would want out and about if I'm buying a tangible copy. The PS4, mm-hmm. while I like the look of it, it's just a sleeve in a normal PS4 case. And I own like four PS4 games. And so it's off in a corner somewhere and no one would ever see it. I like that the big box just stands out and says, look at me, you know? <laughs> So. Yeah, it, it's a real, it, it's a conversation starter. Yeah. Because if you just have just the normal PS4 disc up there, like, oh, Fred must have left that up there on accident. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. look like it needs to be on display. <clears throat> yeah. Or it's like, oh, Target had a sale. Um, So, you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, with, with the big box. It also comes with, <clears throat> excuse me. It also comes with, although so did the PS4 version, a uh, 26 inch by 36 inch, uh, 24 inch by 36 inch uh, poster, which is totally going up in the retro game room somewhere. Um, <laughs> maybe it'll replace Cheryl Teagues. Well, I don't sure. know. We'll see. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was a dated reference. Uh, but uh, anyway, so all right, now we move to the portion of the show. I need to have like a theme music or something, but for now, uh, we move to the portion of the show called "Just Stop," where uh, we talk about something in the industry, <laughs> which I suddenly realized my topic could be a "Just Stop," um, where we're kind of sick of it. It could be something that game companies are doing. It could be something that game fans are doing, or various other things that we just wish would stop. Now, Beard, uh, I, I don't know if you brought one to the table, but if you did, the floor is yours. I did. Uh, it, it's specifically WB games, but industry-wide, ah. quit nickel and dime in us. <laughs> Making small little incremental DLC that isn't anything that you're charging for. Like The big thing in the news this week was Shadow of War. The, the follow-up to the last uh, Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings Middle-Earth game, where now they are basically charging you for single-player loot and XP, essentially. Yeah, the loot So you boxes. can level up faster. Yeah. That, 
it's such bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was listening to Gamers in Beta, and, and Corey said it best that they're very likely going to put it every time you die, you know, two, three times, you know, this could be easier. Yeah. There's an easier way out. What about that credit card? Yeah. No, just give me an easier setting. Give me easy, <laughs> very easy. If I suck at the game, I don't want to have to pay you to not suck at the game. No, I don't think they're going to affect that. What I did hear from the developers was that um, the loot boxes, and just for a price difference, the main game will be fifty nine ninety nine. The game with its season pass, which is actually storied content and and things like that will be $79.99 so $20 more and then the one that gives you all the fun loot and all that stuff is going to be I've I've heard different opinions I think it's $99.99 it's called the gold edition but it might also be um uh sorry uh $109.99 I haven't gotten a, a direct price on that actually I bet GameStop would tell me um, but that's the one that gives you a bunch of the loot box stuff, but everything can also be unlocked in game. However, people did point out what's that grind going to be like. <laughs> exactly. That, the same thing with, uh, injustice Two. you can unlock everything, but you have to play it for a thousand hours to do so. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is ninety nine ninety nine for the gold box edition. Uh, you do get a steel book though, which is. <laughs> creepily tempting to me no okay i'm sorry uh yes okay so the silver edition i just want to make sure the silver edition comes with the yes that does come with the expansion so that's good it gives you a little bit of paid content but it's mostly the expansions and beardy i thought you'd laugh at this there is a gamestop exclusive shadow of war my precious bundle which gives you the, it's 120. It gives you the gold edition of the game, which was the $100 edition, which gives you, you know, the season pass plus the bonus stuff. And it does give you the one true ring on a necklace. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. And you know, it's really sad. I'm like, oh, is there a way I could get this with just the ring? But why do I need that fucking ring? I don't need that ring. I'll never use that Fred ring. Fred takes <laughs> taking his wedding ring off. Sorry, honey. I, I got a new one. Actually, I was thinking of something even more absurd where I walk out of the GameStop and I open up the... Oh, okay. Actually, the one ring is sellable at GameStop for only 20 bucks. You can buy the ring separate. Actually, you know what? For once in a blue moon, good for you, GameStop. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'll give him credit on that one. But anyway... Um, no, I imagined opening the limited edition, you pull out the ring and throw the rest of the box away, like right in front of the GameStop <laughs> and get in your car. Right in the trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, no, you're you're totally right. And everybody's worried about loot boxes. Um, I wanted your opinion on this, actually, while you've brought it up. Uh, so <clears throat> one of the mm-hmm. biggest, weirdest travesties going on right now, and it's unfortunate because it's a really good game. I want to say that for the record. Early impressions, really good game, um, was Fortnite, which is Epic Games' new okay. weird horde mode mixed with um, uh, kind of, uh, uh, oh, what are those games? Uh, Tower Defense. But think of it yes. as... Yes, okay, that's ringing a bell now. Yeah, it is more... 
horde mode than tower defense, but definitely plays a part of it. Um, and the thing is, it came out and it launched, and it did. They did a couple of shitty things. It launched an epic where you had to be part on PC. You had to be part of the epic group, and they go out of their way to kind of explain to you this is an early access game, and it's sixty dollars. What I don't like is PlayStation doesn't really have an early access program. They've specifically kind of stayed away from it. And then for some unknown reason, they have allowed Epic Games to release Fortnite on PS4, which is where a lot of people are making this mistake. And people are buying it thinking it's a full release game that's out. Now, I will give them credit. You know, like I think it was Giant Bomb who said, well, there is a disclaimer when you're looking at the store page that says, you know, warning, this is an early access game. And once you've bought it and booted it, it tells you that, great, you can't return it. Um, (laughs) You know, and so great, but like I will tell you, most people who bought that didn't notice. And one of my friends, you know, one of our like kind of, I guess I would call it brother or sister podcasts, um, horrible gamers. I don't know if it was intentional or not. I couldn't quite tell from the show, but like they all bought it and loved it. But then the next, the next day they, or the next episode, they kind of figured out that this game's going to be released for free next year as a free to play game. You don't have to pay for it. Um, and it's currently got a bunch of loot boxes and it will have even more when the game comes out. And so that's one of those things where it's like, oh, wait a minute. We all paid 60 bucks. We love this game, but we just found out that next year it's going to be free. And to a certain extent, I go, yeah, but you're getting this a year early, like almost a year early. They said 2018 sometime, and it may even be delayed that long. And you are yeah. doing an early access thing, and there are loot boxes, but uh, if there's one thing I know about loot box games, it's that if you buy early in, you reap the benefits in stride on a pretty massive level. Um, but the only downside is I but don't they're getting something out of you too. I mean, yeah, well, they're yeah. getting, You're beta you know, you have an early access. They're taking all of, you know, how you play the game, the feedback, you're helping them develop it to a certain degree as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. And so I go back and forth with that, but the problem I definitely have is I'm like, wait, there's fucking loot boxes in this. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Okay. And I I get the feeling from them that like they're torn, right? Because on the surface, they're like, man, this is shitty. I cannot believe they did this to us, but the game's really good. (laughs) And like, that's the thing. And, uh, my, my, uh, buddy Hefe, uh, you know him from the VGP days. Um, he said the same thing. He goes, yeah, yeah, I bought it. I knew it was early access. And he goes, and at first I was a little pissed off. He goes, but the game is really good. And like, that's, that's good. That's promising. That's why I almost don't want to scrutinize it. But like, you're paying 60 bucks for a game that's going to be free to play and they're trying to loot box you. Ugh. I think that's the next step of you know, what it, you're worried about. Yeah, if you're going to do that, give it 30 days, you get a loot box a day for free. Like, well, okay. And to be clear, I don't know what you get. So let me look that up real quick. Uh, you get eight heroes because they're selling the heroes. This is going to be a heavily monetized free-to-play. Um, you do get, uh, and they're all rare heroes. I guess there's different rarity for the heroes. You get an exclusive pistol. You get four specialty weapons and one specialty trap, also rare in in difficulty. You get four Founders Edition loot pinata packs. I like the idea of pinatas. You get 24 <laughs> daily pinata packs. 24 daily? Okay. Wow. Okay. That's a decent amount. Five immediate loot pinata packs, 
10 exclusive icons, 10 XP boosts, 10 giftable XP boosts for friends, and 50 extra account inventory slots. So they're going to be selling inventory slots in this game. So, Jesus. well, but again, if the game's really good and they're going to do it for free, like you almost kind of get it, right? Like you're better off paying the money on this. I mean, up front. Oh, there's no uh, way yeah, you're I not think... better off paying the money on this. Like for the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely bridges the gap and changes thing. I, I think if you're getting something out of it for something that's going to be that heavily monetized, I think that's okay. If mm. it's just, oh, we're going to take your money. You can have everything everyone else has. We can have it early, <laughs> yeah. but it's not done. Ah, no, thank you. I'll wait till the cake comes out of the oven. But you're going <laughs> to give me some frosting and some sprinkles? All right, I'm in. Let's do this thing. Yeah, yeah. So I go back and forth with this. Uh, I, I, You know, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the monetization kind of sucks. Uh, I think... So here's the, here's the two bits I'll give. I think it remains to be seen, and Shadow of War will probably be our first indication of how that's going to all play out. Who knows? Maybe it's not so bad. Um, you know, you'll remember, I mm. bring this up. I don't know if you recall this, but Dead Space 1, 2, and 3 all had opportunities to do this. Um, and no one remembers that. Oh, did they? Okay. I, mm-hmm. I have one. And again, was one of those things where I played it for a while, could only play it during the daytime. And then my time would come and I'd say, no, thank you, sir. My controller, I need something bright and colorful so I don't wake up screaming. One <laughs> one had like the top shit pack, right? It was like nine bucks, you get everything, right? They just give you the best weapon, the best armor, all that. Uh, and it wasn't like, it didn't make the game easy. Uh, you just got like the best resources, but you still had to be good at the game. You beat that game, you know, like even if you're fully leveled up, maybe the early parts are easier, but that's about it. Uh, two kind of ran the same gamut. Three, you literally were crafting stuff. There's a huge crafting system that's actually not too bad. Um, but in the store while you were crafting, there was always that, oh, do you need resources? Click here. And until you did it once, you were you clicked there and then all of a sudden it was like, no. <laughs> like up comes the Xbox store. And, uh, and of course it was all random. So you would pay like five bucks and you would get random shit and hopefully it's what you needed. And so, um, and then they, I think they did have like a full blown, I think it was 60 bucks and it was like, everything goes to infinity on your resources. <laughs> like you Is your kid into crafting. those blind bags? No, thank God. Okay. Well, count yourself lucky. <laughs> Uh, I think my kid is largely oh, forgotten no, sorry. about. Sorry, I thought you were talking digital. <laughs> no, blind bag figures. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Uncle yeah. Brian <laughs> has definitely—he's a big figure collector now, so he loves the minifigs from like Pop Vinyl. So he introduced mm-hmm. them to her, and then just built the addiction more by buying her a case of frozen blind bags like two years ago. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. My my daughter is familiar with the blind bags. That's what those things are. It's just the oh, yeah. digital blind bags. Oh, yeah. It's just, oh, you could get this cool thing. Except I think the, the one thing is that while those are mar- largely cosmetic and just collector-ish, this affects how you interact with the game. Mm-hmm. It, can, it can positively or negatively impact how you interact with the game. It's like if every fifth blind bag had like a really sticky coating on it of maple syrup. You open it up like, ah, shit, maple syrup again. (laughs) Like the rest of the day you're washing your hands. Like that's what this does. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's 
<laughs> well, and I'd love it's, to say it's right. new. I'd love to say it's new, but as somebody who grew up playing Magic the Gathering, <laughs> oh god, it's been around. <laughs> they uh, uh, Richard Garfield figured it out first, sold that to Wizards of the Coast, who bought the D and D license, and they really made do with it. You know what's funny, Beardy, though? It gets me every time. Just today, good old games hit me up with a thing. They're doing the Pinata Madness sale. Do you know what the Pinata Madness is? No. No. I, I could venture a guess. Do tell. And again, we have no advertising connections to them. God, I wish I was making money off them. Um, yeah, you buy Pinatas for $3 a piece. And what could be in there? A $6 game? Maybe a forty-five dollar game, and they're going to throw out games you're hoping for, like Darkest Dungeon and uh, Grim Fandango and Everspace, and ooh, maybe Victor Vram or Shadow Warrior Two. Who knows? Anything could be in those pinatas. They're pinatas. They're fun. Buy them, <laughs> and you're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was like. Uh, so I bought five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. I didn't open them. I don't know what's in them. I've, I'm just staring at them right now, trying to figure out if I should open them or not. It's stupid. I should open them. <laughs> I'm not going to open them on the air, so don't ask me. But yeah, I was just going to see. I was just going to ask you. Yeah. It'd be entertaining. No, you think so? Okay. Well, I'll do them at some other time. I'll do them for ad revenue. Here, you can buy tickets uh, to my pinata opening, um, and yeah, <laughs> you'll have a chance to also get something awesome from my pinatas. Um, but no. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, see, one dollar will give you the audio. Two dollars will give you audio and visual. <laughs> or for buck fifty, you can use, just get the visual. You just <laughs> right? want to look at Fred. <laughs> you know, some of the biggest uh, hits I get though was with the mobile, local mom and pop shops when I buy the twenty dollar mystery boxes of Xbox games and stuff. Um, yes, people love watching me open that stuff. <laughs> so, did you ever go to the? It was Game Deal Daily. No, <laughs> I don't know it how I didn't know about had, this. It was one of those deal a day sites, and they had that where it was just a bunch of random games that, and every now and again they would have like it would be fifty to a hundred games that he would ship for like twenty bucks. And he said, full disclaimer, like some may be cracked, some may be scratched, but some were in good condition. So somewhere again in the garage, I have a stack of like a hundred games. And a lot of them were duplicates, mm-hmm. and I think some were sports games. But I had to, I had to stop going to the site because I, <laughs> I bought a game and he never shipped it, and didn't refund me until I threatened to call the Better Business Bureau by giving him his name and address that he had listed on the Better Business Bureau, and then I got my <laughs> refund. Wow! There you go. So yeah, you know what? It's just a it's just a big box kind of world, man. Do you know how many websites, there's like three or four of them, hit me up all the time and they're like, hey, could we get you working with some advertising on like our game, you know, our our site that does loot boxes of retro games? Every month you get certain retro games. And, you know, I've never actually jumped at it because I have a concern, which is that if they know they're sending it, I told them like if it was randomized maybe, which is why I kind of want to subscribe to one of these without telling them. I fear... Mm-hmm. That if I, um, like if I, if I, if they know it's for a site or a podcast or something that I'll like get a better crate than other people. And that's always something that I take issue with. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Cause then you're, while your reaction may be genuine, 
they are kind of forcing your reaction. Yeah, I will give them credit, though. Like, a lot of these places do better than others. Like, you can, if you will take the time, and they really push you to, you give them your inventory of your games, and they promise not to send you anything you own, which is really cool. I don't know how they pull that off. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, and yeah. they do cool stuff. Uh, but at the same time, you know, who knows? I've always thought about doing it, though, and, like, forcing myself to get better at gaming history, like, better knowledgeable with gaming history where I pay every shitty game um, and every good game and every game in between, you know, just to see. But I don't know. I don't yeah. To it, but. Any game that kind of bridge, bridges the gap. Yeah. So, anyway, we have gone way off of the just stop. But, yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll remain to be seen. But here's what I can tell you, Beardy. As somebody who... Should have known better, but I bought Arkham Knight, the full edition with all the DLC uh, with the season pass. Remember that ridiculously overpriced season pass? I think the game was 100, 110 bucks or something with the season pass. Uh-huh. And I bought it on PC, so I didn't even get a good version of the game. I did all <laughs> that. Yeah, I did. Uh, I fucking did. And you know what? I was lucky, though. Don't feel bad for me. Uh, actually, my graphics card worked perfectly with it. The game ran great. I never had any problems oh, with the PC good. version, but I am like one of four, th- one in four thousand. Like, like most people, that game was unplayable and still kind of is. Um, but I will tell you, it kind of sucked. All the DLC came out, and I was like, "Ooh, I can't wait to play this." And then, you know, my wife goes upstairs to watch an episode of Melrose Place, and she, I'm done before she is. And <laughs> men don't like it when you finish first. No, they don't. They don't like to finish first. <laughs> You're supposed to finish after your wife. Uh, that sorry, that was that was off color. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, I I was able to finish each of those DLC packs within like 45 minutes, and there was only like two of them, and then the rest of it was DLC content I didn't care about that I couldn't even use in the main game, and I was like, well, that was a complete and utter waste of money, and so that's why I'm really fearful that this isn't gonna go too well. The one ounce shred of credit i'll give them is monolith is a hell of a developer so if they say trust me i'm not going to trust them with my wallet but i'll trust them enough to wait and see what happens and that yeah that is the ultimate test is the value Mm. like with Fortnite, if you feel like you got your money's worth you got your money's worth if you got if you got ripped off you got ripped off yeah, like if you've never bought a house before, so if, people always ask you what the value of your house is. And I always tell them the same thing. And people <laughs> hate this answer. I'm like, honestly, it's what you'll pay for it. I said, the, yeah. the city can send you something and says, oh, your house is worth $280,000. That doesn't mean shit if no one will pay that for it. Um, yeah, it's the, the market price, yeah. which you know helped create the nice housing bubble <laughs> uh-huh. back in the <laughs> came apart in 2008 is that the banks and the inspectors and the appraisers would work together of hey what this house sell for oh, it sold for a 165 okay that's what it's worth and in a fair free market economy that is what the house should be worth but that led to some bad things and now we have greater regulation to where the appraisers cannot speak <laughs> with Mm-hmm. with the banks in order to determine what the loan will be it is worth exactly what it is worth. Yeah. And, and again, um, and, and I've always said that, like, uh, like when, when people ask me about a house, I'm like, Hey man, if you know, if you feel like you over or underpay for a house, like if you paid what you like, I like what we paid for our house. I'm happy with that. And I'm good. Like beyond that, 
Yeah, if you sit around with video games and try to get the best deal, boy, are you going to have a tough time in life. You're never going to get the best deal, man. Never going to get the best deal. Yeah. I bought No Man's never. Sky it's- for $10 on PS4 at a mom and pop shop this yes, weekend. Yes, you did. And yes, I got at least three tweets that are like, yeah, fuck you. I bought it at launch. And it's like, but you've had it for a year. And you know what? I bought it at launch and I felt I got my money's worth. There you go. See? That's all that matters. I'm not kidding. Like, this is not me, like, justifying it. Because how many times did I buy something that, you know, <laughs> that I bought at launch? And uh, and there you go. Oh, there's Chase. Chase joined. We have an awakened heathen. Sorry, Chase. We're at the oh. end. but uh, <laughs> he, he has awakened. But, uh, yeah. So, it, it's funny how that all works out. But, um yeah, I, I got to tell you, man, I'm with you. I think the chances of this going well are way against WB and Monolith. But they say they've got it. Um, reviews are going to be bigger than ever. And I will tell people, I keep harping on this, there is no reason in the day of digital games why you should pre-order anything. The whole concept that GameStop can look at me and go, if you don't pre-order this, you don't get to drive out of your house, out of your way on the day of release and come deal with my goofy ass while you come pick up a tangible copy of the game that's not going to matter because you're going to put that disc in your drive and it's going to need to download a day one update patch that's going to take you 15 hours instead of just sitting at the comfort of your own home on the day of and just willy-nilly buying the thing when you want to play it and waiting for it to download. (laughs) And And for their sake, they better hope that this actually turns out good and turns out to be worthwhile because it's going to be real tough for a reviewer to say, oh, it's got this currency in here. And yeah, I I had to plunk down some extra coin. I want to see what it's worth. Uh, that's not worth it. And they end up downgrading the actual game where the content itself may have been fine. That puts reviewers in a tough bind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, no, because here's something I did notice. Uh, man, I'm really going off on a bunny trail, but Full disclosure, I don't have it just stopped this week. Um, but uh, but uh, I've been listening to, I don't know if you've been seeing me tweeting about it. Uh, you know, I kind of catch your tweets and maybe you just kind of catch mine. But I've uh, recently been listening to uh, One Up Yours from the beginning and listening to a 2006 podcast today. I said it's one of the better <laughs> retro podcasts I've ever listened to. Um, and <laughs> I, I something I realized, and I don't know if this is, this is probably a case of these cities that Games Press are in have gotten gotten so expensive because mostly it's new york and san francisco uh that they just don't buy games anymore but one thing i noticed on all those one up yours episodes is they're constantly talking about their struggle of going out and buying a game and going fuck i went to buy this and did you know that the retail on this is this or i went to gamestop and i uh in this one luke smith was talking about new super mario brothers he goes i went to go buy new super mario brothers and it uh, on the three or on the DS, and it was like nowhere. And I asked them, I said, "Do you have any copies?" And he goes, "Well, did you pre-order? If you pre-ordered, yes, we've got your copy. If you didn't, we don't have any copies for non-customers." And he goes, "Yeah, you're right. I am a non-customer, and I'm walking my ass right out this door." And I went across the street to Target and bought it. And I don't know how many game sites you listen to lately, but they kind of like are really blatant about like, yo, we get it all for free. Like it's one of the few perks we have and every job has a perk. So if you're out there and you haven't worked in like a, an industry yet, 
Like everyone's got perks. It just depends on what you value your perk to be. But it's probably a good chance that you wouldn't give up your perk for a video game perk. I'm betting. Um, but um, but yeah, like they just don't buy games anymore. And like I have learned over the time that video game podcasts, they consistently say, I have no frame of reference as to what you should pay for a video game because the last time I paid for a video game, Bush was president. So I can't help you here. <laughs> And I think that is something that uh, that it, while it might be true, like um, it's different. And back, you know, one of the reasons we kind of glorify those days, and it might have been because those guys were paid better, or because San Francisco wasn't expensive, or various other things. Who knows? But I will tell you that back in the day, a lot of those guys went to stores and bought video games, and they have experiences of having done so. And even one of the guys who does it the most, Jeff Gersman, unless it's something weird and crazy that he must own like a VR headset. Like he doesn't really have experience of going and buying it. Cause I don't know that he buys modern games all that much anymore because you just, I'll be honest with you. They give you a download code. You tether it to your account and giant bomb or whatever site you're working for the B team in my case, like we're not going to hang on to it. So yeah, I just redeem it under my account and I've got the game, you know, there's no vault anymore. Um, it's same like food reviewers. You go to a restaurant. How are you supposed to appropriately say how you know? Because value is so intricately linked into how you're going to rate a game or whatever you're looking at. If you get it all free, it's like movie critics, food critics. They all do the same thing, and they end up being almost overly negative a lot of times because they're not plunking down their money. So there's no nothing that says this experience was heightened and I really got value out of this versus this experience was diminished and I did not get a value. It's just all the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and so I go back and forth. And so I, I do think that to a certain extent, um, that's probably why, um, you know, things like what we're on right now, things like you guys have, like, um, these small communities where, you know, somebody's like, okay, well, I'm curious if, if I want to buy Hellblade saying uh, you know, uh, whatever that new game by, uh, by, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on it. What was Hellblade called? It just recently came out. Uh, Hell barking up the wrong tree, which is, what oh, the point okay. I think you're trying to make yeah. to Senua's Sacrifice. Is, yeah. Hellblade's the new game from Ninja Theory. Um, it's it's 30 bucks new, right? And so people are like, well, is that worth it? Is that not worth it? You know, and they're trying to figure it out and no professional site's going to help you. Um, and uh, and so people like, you know, are waiting uh, to, to hear what some of us say, you know, like, okay, we paid for it. And that's the deal. And that's why I think it's more important than ever if you're a small podcast to mention, I got a code for this or I didn't. Even if it doesn't sway you, even though you know what the game's priced at, let people mm -hmm. decide for themselves whether that matters. It's not your choice. It's not your call. Just, 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 God, if there's one lesson I can't believe we haven't learned in 2017, just tell them all the information and let people decide what that means. Seriously. Yeah, and so placing a score on it. So here's what I liked about it. Here's what I didn't. Because my experiences is I have very limited time to game. You know, it, it, even though I'm going to have more with the the new job, mm -hmm. I still, I have two kids. <laughs> One's three and a half. One is going to be six months this week. 
Wow. They can't I do didn't anything realize for themselves. your daughter was that young. Wow. Like your first daughter. Wow. Yeah, that's a yeah. That's a mix, man. So I cook, I clean, I you know I do all the cooking, <laughs> I do all the cleaning. And then by the time, you know, we wrap up and me and Mrs. McWhiskey can join at the end of the night, we have maybe an hour until she falls asleep. <laughs> and then another hour before up, uh, she wakes up, right? Uh. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, she, ha- she has to get up at like 5 o'clock in the morning. So by 9 o'clock at night, she's wiped. She's mm-hmm. done. And so, you know, if we actually manage to get the, you know, cook, clean, bedtime stories, we reconvene at 8, eight o'clock at night and we're ready to do something. If it's going to be playing a game, we have to make sure that that hour is can be of the most worth. So if we're trying to do something different, uh, it's just, it's not going to work out because we have work within the parameters. So someone listening to my story has a similar life experience as me who has a limited time, has kids, wants something to just veg out on, doesn't want certain things in games because they don't have time for it. That's a lot different than a game reviewer who has all day to review a game. And oh, even yeah. though I may agree with what the reviewer says of, Graphics are amazing. The storyline's incredible. It might not just be what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. And, and like, it's not their fault, but, like, I take issue with, mm-hmm. like, I was listening to a podcast recently. I forget which one, to be completely honest. And they were like, yeah, and I just wanted to play my Switch, and I got on the plane, and a fucking kid started crying. And I said, oh, great. This fucking parent took it upon themselves to bring their fucking kid on a flight that's six hours long, and now I get to deal with it. I don't want kids. I didn't have kids for a reason. And now they're fucking up my I'm universe. I'm sorry, sir. You live and, in a society. And, and and he goes, and I and, the, and and that fucked up my whole ability to play the Switch on the plane. And I was just like, yep, yep. And when you're drunk and you were wandering down the streets and you pissed on the side of my apartment building in Chicago when I was just trying to get home with my child from the ER because she had a fever. You know what? I didn't say anything to you either. (laughs) You selfish fucking prick. And it's just, uh, again, they're not a bad person. They just, they don't understand and we're all different people. But that's why I go, you know what? Maybe I don't connect with your opinions on life so much. Yeah, so. it's like there's certain four situations. No one wants to take a kid on the plane. They have yeah, to. Yeah, I guarantee you they, they weren't sitting out. here and they were like, okay, so how do we piss off the most millennials we possibly can in a small confined area? I know we'll take a Delta flight from New York to LA. That's definitely how I want to kill an afternoon. Let's do that. Yes, honey, that's a in solid coach. idea. Oh, yeah. I'll make sure to pinch him. Just keep on pinching him till he squeals. I'm going to sound like a tea kettle. And you know what? Let's let's have the child get a sinus infection just before we get on the plane. And again, <laughs> I want to be very clear. There is nothing wrong. In fact, I think Beardy and I might even be on your side, but I want to speak for you. With hearing a kid cry on a plane and going, oh, shit. <laughs> There is yeah. nothing wrong with that because their parents are thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, at the last job, I had to fly out to the East Coast, you know, a couple times a year. If I saw a kid on the flight because I flew southwest, <laughs> guess who's sitting in the exact opposite side of the oh, plane? Row, row 44. Me. I don't want to yeah. hear it. 
Yeah. So, so I get that. I get that. Um, but it's just when you get to this point where you've like, you know, and again, this is a different topic for a different show. So maybe we'll do it some other time. I'll bring you back in here. But like, you know, I, I was starting to read an article, uh, which I don't have the citation for. So I totally need it where someone was talking about the idea that like, we are starting to see people go back to the kind of like living in pods and the antisocial and it's not really gamers as much as it's just people who can live on their computers and never leave their house and work from home and stuff like that. And you Mm -hmm. know, uh, yeah, as that keeps becoming more common, fine. But like you and I ain't got the same things in common. Like I hate to work out, but I love to meet people and I end up leaving the house to work out and end up inadvertently meeting people and it all works out. But like, I can't hermit. I, my body wants me to, everything in me wants to hermit, but if I hermit, it's going to be a quality of life. I'm not prepared for <laughs> and that's, yeah, and that's, that's part of why I'm starting the new job because I worked from home for two years. It, it's ideal oh, on so a you snowy took a job day. where you don't work from home. Oh yeah. I, I'm going into an office. I'm oh. going to have to talk to people. Oh. I, I had to buy shirts with collars. Oh my God. <laughs> You're the one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to fight for one day at home, but, uh, but for now, uh, I will be going into the office every day, but, but yeah. Oh, which is ideal. I mean, yeah. the ideal situation is three days in the office or three days home, two days in the office or two days home. Y- you don't. Apparently I'm about time, 12 months away from that spot. I'm trying to fight for it. We'll see. We'll see. That that's the sweet spot. Go for that. Cause yeah. after a year I will get back to three days in the office, two days at home, which is, that's perfect. If it's snowing out, eh, fuck this. I'm not going in today. Yeah. Well, and my boss has done that sometimes where I'm like, you know what? I I, I almost said his name, which doesn't matter. He's a very common first name, but you know, I'm like, you know what, bro? (laughs) Like I'm coming, you know, I got the four wheel drive. I just don't know when I'm going to get there because you are 42 miles away, which never matters in Kansas city until it's pouring snow. And he's just like, you know what, Fred? I know you can do it all from home and I know you're probably equipped on your computer. Yes, sir. I am. I've been waiting for this day for a while. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) Just go ahead. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so, all right. Well, I think unfortunately it's about time to call to a close. Uh, although we are getting on being a pretty consistent 90 minute podcast, although I don't really take issue with that. Um, I think that's still safe enough. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you're cool, I think we will call this to a close. Um, I'm good, but beardy, thank you so much for coming out. It's great to, uh, you know, do a show with you. Uh, I've done a couple, but like, this was great. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad to have you on and I eagerly anticipate your, re- your triumphant return to podcasting. So, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I should be more available in the future. So, uh, let me know and I'll hop back on. Uh, I won't say any time, but more frequently. <laughs> it, it's always a <laughs> two. Times. It's always a two way road. I'm always like, yes, uh, I I might reach out to you, and you are always welcome to go. You know what? I got to vent some shit, and this is the venue that works best for it. What you what you got? And I'll usually find a way to weave myself in. It's definitely Wolfie's plan at this moment. Um, so you know that's how he kind of comes and goes, um, uh, like the wind. So, um, but, uh, here is, here's the part of the show where you get to pimp yo shit. Is there anything you would like to pimp, sir? Ah, not really. I would just okay. say, uh, if you want to follow future monkeys on Twitter, it'd be appreciated. So that way when we do come back, cause like I said, in the last episode I was on, 
we're coming back. It's a hiatus. It's not a cancellation. Uh, d- just follow them, and you can see uh, when we are going to be back at it full time. And then uh, with the sporadic episodes that should be coming out soon-ish. Cool. <laughs> And 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 to be clear, uh, this is something you can't say about most shows. But uh, you you guys' show has been pretty consistent from the get. So if you've never listened to Future Monkeys before, listen to a recent show and decide you want to go back and listen to the Pantheon. Um, I'll say for the record, there's a lot more than video gaming to talk about on each of those shows, and uh, you can kind of <laughs> hear it doesn't have the growing pains a lot of podcasts have. You guys just kind of like had good quality from the beginning and just kept it going. So like, that's, that's something that like a lot of podcasts can't say GH one one definitely can't. So it's good to hear. So. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment as always, you know, th- there's a reason why I've been listening to you since 2009. So it's true. And I thank you for your commitment. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so, all right. Well, with that, uh, we're at gaming history, Um, remember, uh, we're going to have one more episode. Trees promises to be there. Uh, we'll see if we can get jam, but uh, there might be some scheduling conflicts, and I have no idea who the guest is. I wanted to have Tyler, who is the developer of Screaming Villains uh, Night Trap 25th Edition, come on and just, but like not pimp his shit, just just do a show like this. And he said he'd be down for it. He's a gamer. Um, but hmm. he had um, a, uh, a, we'll put it this way, and you could probably deduce this. He had a joyous addition to his life. And, um, I, I, at the time he said that might be cool. I don't know if he knew what he was committing to. And especially with the recent release of this game, I had no idea it was going to come out, you know, this coming up Tuesday until it was announced a couple weeks back. I think he might be a little busy, but, uh, that said, uh, we will try to get him on at some point, but, uh, either way it's coming in the next two weeks and then we will be off for about a month. So I'm going to take a month off. I told trees, if he wants to get together with some people and do some shit though, he's welcome to it. And uh, jam has the same invitation. So, Anyway, with that, I guess we'll call it to a close. And sorry to be such a fucking pathetic fanboy, but uh, I think this is a very fitting uh, close to the show. So, uh, uh, Beard, if you don't mind hanging in here for a sec, we're going to close out the show with uh, with yeah. a quick 30 seconds of a song, and here we go.